0: up dog fella look good feel good play good we got some new adidas golf swag coming the fellas way
1: i don't know if any new golf swag would help your game but but i love it adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course not the traditional golf uniform go to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the
0: technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the Go To collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new Go To collection on adidas.com/golf, fella.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a fresh new episode of Missing Curfew. I'm Shane O'Brien, as always, with my boy, William Scotty Updog. How are you, Oops. You're back in one piece.
3: I love it. And our boy on the West Coast, Jimmy Scoops Broadway Haze. I wish I was on the West Coast. I'm a little East Coast this time. But boys, the way I was skiing this week, you would have thought I was on a ski team in high school. <laughs> right, I strapped on those skis, gave myself a little balance check, said to the boys, right to the top,
0: let's go. <laughs> Not even like uh, were you go, like right to the Black Diamonds, or did you start on the Groom Blues? That's because that's what I prefer.
3: I I was a Groom Blue guy.
0: Yeah, that's that's (laughs) that's well. Right
1: to the top, Jimmy. How how big was the top?
3: It's not that big. It was a smaller mountain (laughs) in New Hampshire, but but for 15 years off the skis, I was I felt like I was buzzing. It's like it was almost like my skating stride. It got the job done, but it was not efficient. I always thought you had a nice long stride, powerful. I thought when I played
0: with Broadway, Jimmy
3: had chop- hey. choppy. choppy, choppy, little yeah. choppy. I, it nice. choppy. I looked like I looked like that guy uh, um, from Happy Gilmore, like scaling the back check, get back, Mister Gilmore's jacket.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He'd have those fucking Bauer seven thousands, just super stiff laces all
3: over the place, just fucking,
0: just, just working the fucking sidewall, trying to get pucks in and out of
3: Broadway. Yeah, you gotta just—that's what it is. You gotta play a grindy game. You gotta look grindy.
1: Speaking of high, though, I was in Park City and I wasn't so high in Park City, but (laughs) I was uh, I was definitely on top of the mountain for most of the trip. I went skiing twice. Yeah, I went up to. uh, Yeah, I mean, you told me to go hit Deer Valley, which was juice skiers. It looks beautiful. It's a skiers only skiers only. only. And when the snow has been kind of it's hit or miss, the snow has been in Utah. It's been a drought there, I think, forever. But, uh, you know, those nice groomed blues. That's cool. I was up at the top of that fucking mountain and I went down and on the Groom Blues, I was always looking for the little jumps or the little space on the side where you can see, okay, this is where you got to go get a little bit of air. Yeah. And second day, <laughs> second day I'm with Christina and I'm I'm cruising, I'm feeling good. She'd always be a couple steps behind me, right? And uh, I hit this little jump, Jimmy, and little did I know past the jump, there was another jump and I oh, landed man. on the right ski. The left ski was nowhere to be found. And I did fucking three or four flips, front first, <laughs> over my head, oh, oh, nice yard, yard sale. sale, glasses everywhere, bucket flew off. <laughs> everyone was like, everyone's dying laughing. They didn't even ask me how yeah. I was feeling. They were Bobby, just I
3: like, I on On my last run of the day, we were, it was actually like a snowstorm the second day. So the, the, glass, the, the goggles are all fogged up, getting the snow. And I'm getting cocky. I'm starting to feel myself on this mountain. And I'm following my buddy who's good. He did not tell me there was a jump, and I, the big 6'4 frame went for a nice yard sale. <laughs> oh, updog, it's great. that
0: Because the boys at Big Canyon asked me, like, where's Up Dog? He didn't play Friday. He didn't play Sunday. I'm like, he's in Park City. They're like, what kind of skier is the updog? I'm like, he's a good skier. Obviously, great athlete, but uh, he goes a little Buck Diddy out there, if you can imagine. They're like, now all the boys are dying. I'm like, he goes full Up Dog. I got one speed,
1: and I look good out
0: there. Hey, I was going to say, both of you guys, I saw your picture, Broadway. We're going to get into some style in the NHL in, in this pod. So by the both of you guys, Updog, A-plus style, okay. yeah, yeah, Broadway, A-plus, yeah. you wore the bucket.
3: I appreciate the safety. Oh, my bucket was, I needed it. I needed it. No, nope. You gotta my have the bucket.
0: Updog, my favorite picture or Instagram story, you had the goggles on the helmet and the shades <laughs> on <it>. That's National League <laughs> level. There. They had to. These white little <laughs> six <sick laughs> shades, I'm like, those are nasty. Where'd yes, you get those? Those here? are
1: like a 70s <laughs> retro version ski. Uh, I bought them for myself for Christmas
0: hey broadway what up about
1: are you are you a
3: gloves or, <laughs> are, you a glove, hey, are you a gloves or a mitten guy because that was my big question to my skier friend he told me i, I went to get mittens
1: i went mittens only because last year i was in aspen and i was up there for i i, I might have been up there for two hours on the first day and my fucking fingers jimmy were so frozen it almost ruined my they don't get me. cold or thawed out till like the next day it's crazy sitting around a fire and cooking food like making sure you're just around, <laughs> you're like, around hot <laughs> that's why you gotta bring so, the,
0: that's why you bring the flask so now i the go these
1: i got these sick old school it looks like a rawlings fucking catcher's mitt are my gloves and actually Box. they're badass but they're like a they're a snowboarding glove it's hard to even use my my
0: fucking poles poles hey pole uh, poles. broadway i know the updog was kind of on a on a family trip so but what about that that, that sick cabin you had there was it rocking after the slopes or are you
3: still on the wagon? Oh, or did yeah. you fall off you I'm still I'm still on the wagon, but my friends were uh they were, we were playing that uh, card game asshole, and then we were calling it the the windowsill. He has like all these different types of shades, and when you were the asshole, you had to wear the worst set of shades. And everyone had the sunglasses on at the table. It was awesome. It was a great time up there. <laughs>
0: How's your girl? Is she a good skier, Christina? She got good style. She's a there, veteran sure.
1: skier uh she's been around some really really fine yeah. mountains yeah in the day yeah with, she uh, lives a good lifestyle yeah, she, she looks good out there and <laughs> she's got a good stride you know even after baby she uh you know she can hit those slopes and hit them hard
0: yeah i'm glad you boys had a good time i'm glad you boys are here in one piece today because uh i was always a little concerned when your two two line mates had skiing but i'm glad you guys had a good time um <laughs> boys let's dive into it let's there's get into hockey i mean there's five there's five Hockey games tonight. I mean there's plenty of reasons why my girl's probably not happy with me. Watching hockey's on top of the list right now. Like she's pretty cool about it, but well, I'll it's be the what, best. Um, I
3: always tell my wife I'm working. I'm always working. Yeah, I watch see, all now the you games, have honey. a
0: full excuse. You're you're a media guy. You actually are fucking working. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> right. Well, but I'm working. Um, I gotta watch everything. Let, let's games. start with the thing we dove in with with last week, and we're veteran guys, we love it. And and there was rumors with Yans up, he not only did he play, he scored his hundredth goal. I thought it was fucking amazing. What were your thoughts on it?
1: I think Bill Zito uh, was was trying to poke the the wrong bear in this situation. Um, I think what what happened last week was an eye opener for uh, for what not to do within your group because a lot of the people in and around the Florida Panthers, talking to some of the players, uh, talking around to the league and their player and the, and the players in the league and the media. Keith Yandel is a guy you're not going to take out of the lineup to start the season, whether he's on a 850 game. Consecutive streak or not, you play that man, and lo and behold, Jimmy Yans goes out, scores his hundredth goal of the year of, of his career, career yeah. and they fucking win the game. Thanks for coming, Joel Quinville gets a win <laughs> against his Hawks, and fucking see you later,
0: Broadway. What were your thoughts on? It? Did you
3: talk? Did you did you text Yans or anything, or have you heard from him? Yeah, no, I haven't heard from him, but I texted him congrats on the goal because it's just like 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 looking back on it. Quinville's a guy who loves his veterans. So that's what I was saying last week. There's no way that was coming from him. And I think the Boston bookie, knowing Yandel's from Boston, knew he was going to score as well because he wouldn't let me find that bet anywhere <laughs> online because there was a guarantee he was scoring on opening night with the, all that drama going leading into that game.
0: He took the Yandel prop bet off the side because he knew the Iron Man would get in there and get the job done.
3: I know FanDuel will never take that prop bet off, but my book he was. Yeah.
1: Never. <laughs> FanDuel's has always got the prop bets.
3: Yeah. So to Yans,
0: I got the I got the this
3: guy Fox t-shirt on day up because
0: there's a lot of guys in the NHL that are doing the fucking. And Keith Yandel's one of them. And just a little fact, because we're all ex-Florida Panthers. I don't know what's going on in there because we tried to get somebody from the team. I think they tried to get Yans, and I think maybe Yans said no, but on, on the power play with my boy Cooley yesterday, and the Florida Panthers organization said no one's available to talk. So is Maybe not allowed. I don't wow. fucking know, but I think this is So ridiculous. ridiculous. When
1: did they become the fucking? They said, know, New be a, they said nobody would be.
0: They said nobody would be available yeah. till Wednesday.
1: Wow. So I guess you might be able to get COVID mm. through the microphone or through the phone. Well,
3: because social media just rocked uh, that Zito's world. I right? think yeah, that's going to be in the lineup.
1: I, I love it. I think it's great that that it rocked his world. You know, welcome to the NHL. <laughs> yeah, Zito.
0: Bill Zito's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. talk about your all-time yeah, backfire. Here I'm <laughs> taking some fucking heat on this shit. <laughs> but yeah, it's good. Good on you, Absolutely buddy. Absolutely
1: did yeah. the in this weekend. It's yeah, good job, yeah.
0: You fuck, boys. I've been watching these. How guys. about the bench reaction when he scored? Yeah, good point. It was the boys were fired that,
3: up. That was awesome. See, that's like, just right that's there, hockey right tell. there, Jimmy. It's perfect. Like I, I, I was so happy. He was so fired up, obviously. But just seeing the bench, it's one of those cool moments. Almost like that steam coast moment. He scored. Everybody's pulling for that guy that night.
0: Yeah, it was. It was all around good things, and I think it's good for the for the Panthers or the team. The, the team building right off the bat. Veteran guys taking some shit. Like you said, Broadway, the bench was humming. And I've been watching these games, boys, and I'll give another shout-out to my boy Steve Coolis, who told me the stat. There's been 195 goals up, dog, in 32 games, which means we should have been hammering the fucking overs. But when you're watching this right now, <laughs> Over. what are you thinking with all these fucking goals? You wishing you could get out there and maybe tip a few in and bang some in or what? Yeah,
1: I bet you the players wish there was as many kills right now as goals. <laughs> Because they're going to score is, somewhere right Because there you? is all offense, boys, and no defense here, just like I used to be at the club. <laughs>
0: hey, Broadway, up you'd be like, up would be like, fuck, I got, a, I got a hat trick tonight, but fuck, I can't go get laid? I'd give those three goals back to go to fucking Fountain Blue right now. <laughs> yeah. um, it's
1: great, though, boys. I think we can all talk about uh, what the fans want to see. The fans want to see scoring now. They want to see highlight plays. Uh, if you're watching it on TV, you want the same thing. Yeah. We want fights. We want scrums. We want it all We
0: want some fucking fights. We
1: want big hits. But right now, boys, we gotta be happy. The the, the guys are scoring goals. Uh the goalies are fucking pissed off. <laughs> and <laughs> the coaches, the D coaches are really yeah. fucking pissed off. Short but, training camp. But uh it, it's great. It's great. So Cooley fucking writes out of notice the one ninety five. You should have told me that earlier. I've been betting every over <laughs> if that was the
3: case. But uh yeah, cool. Jimmy, fuck. what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm like like you said, I we always hype the the skill level in the NHL, and it's showing early. These guys are just buzzing. Power plays are rocking. Scoring is at... It's got to be at an all-time high. The pace is awesome. And like you said, I, I got to start hammering the overs every night. Yeah, that's what so Especially in that North division. <laughs> Those teams are scoring at will. We
0: call it here on the old fucking North division. It's a track meet. That's like... They're averaging over six tucks a night, so that that would go over. Um, I, I just think back to our day. Like, if we were giving up that many goals, like, think about how much video we'd have to watch, but I wonder if it's... It brings me to my All next point that we were talking about before we got on air here, boys, is up dog. Is the NHL turning into the NBA where fuck defense? Like, we would have never got benched. Fuck Obi, you turned one over. doesn't matter. <laughs> up dog, you <laughs> didn't get out of the wall. Fuck Broadway, don't go to your backhand. <laughs> you, it seems like, okay, we get scored on. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Just go out and score a goal. Do you, do you think it's turning into that or eventually guys got to hunker down a bit? You can't be giving up fucking five or six a night.
1: Yeah, it's never going to be as soft. I, I think, you know, it's there's a standard at play here by the referees, by... Uh, by the tougher guys in the league, Shea Weber's not going to turn into a soft
0: player. No, Webbs looks good, by the way. He does look really good.
1: Um, You're not going to see, you know, some of these younger guys that play hard, hungry hockey. Um, You're not going to see them flop around, but you might see them not back check. If, if things continue to go the way they do. Um, If, if the league and teams promote all offense and build their teams around just guys that, that play one way hockey, yeah who knows it could turn into you know the ha- harlem Globetrotters, trotters fucking. like just
0: like james arden watching threes <laughs> hey guys are just fucking cheating the puck and stuff so
1: um I, I love it i i you know we're going to touch on this too but there's some teams out there with some really highly skilled world-class players that that aren't playing as good as they should and, and they're not getting the points so these the, these teams are going to address you know playing defense because if you can't fucking win by just quite frankly, throwing your sticks on the ice and scoring more goals than the other team, you gotta fucking find a way to keep the puck out of your net. So um I, I love goals. I think uh, you know, I, I'd never want to compare the NHL to the NBA. No, I ever. know
0: I, I shouldn't so, have said that. No, 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 I was just kind of it. No, but, of, it no, but it, cause it, cause after the, I said it, I was like, sorry, no disrespect to guys to <laughs> show it's not the fucking NBA, but <laughs> I'm just saying
3: No, the NBA plays D in the fourth.
0: Yeah, I guess it's a great point by Oppie that eventually these guys I guess Broadway I'm asking you from a coach's perspective, like it just seems like these coaches nowadays, like, okay, you make a mistake, we get scored on, okay, just go back and get just get one back for us. It doesn't seem like anyone gets fucking benched, and I guess I'm a little bitter because I got benched a fuck a lot in my career. Do you, do you watch these games and see these mistakes, and nothing's really done?
3: Yeah, I, I agree. Like, especially watching that Philly game last night, you see some of the defensemen turning pucks over to Jack Eichel and Taylor Hall. That's the type of shit that will get you on the bench for the rest of the period. But I think the structure will eventually come in. Uh, this is like this like i said the high off high uh, octane offenses right now are just huge in the nhl and we're seeing it right right before our eyes i mean
0: i i don't know i know if i made one or two mistakes my night was fucking over over like hey old yeah, yeah, shit
1: yeah. right oh, here over and, over i would know, i started chewing pucks off the glass by the end of my yeah, career your tail be tucked so far between your legs you'd see it up by your nose bro.
0: yeah i'm just like i hope i'm not a wingers <laughs> tomorrow but uh i mean like you said up being broadway these guys are fucking buzzing and I don't know. It's. It, I guess I'm glad I'm sitting here talking to you, Beauties, and not having to defend it because maybe these guys are just so good now, I'll be that, you know, yeah, it's and, fucking hard to defend.
1: And another thing is, is you know this when you play, but all these good young players and, and highly skilled players like, you know, the uh, Eichels and Taylor Halls, when they get going and they start playing 22, 23 minutes a night, and you're a guy that goes out and did one stupid thing, you're not seeing the ice again. Cause these guys are continually just rolling over, right? Yeah. They're feeling it. Their coach is like, This is my night. When my They're boys are going exactly. here, let's go. Fucking go get points. And it's like, fucking good night, Jim Kite. I'm sitting on the bench, <laughs> my skates are off. You're I'm just, you're
0: you know, wishing you had your cell phone. Loosening you skates up a little bit, Up it, It's not uh it's not pretty. Up he's not like, pretty. I wonder if I can go back there and grab my iPhone here for the third period. So I can send a big text out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The worst part about getting benched is is your fucking, remember how sore your feet would get? Like I'd have to undo my wheel, especially in Calgary It was the year. worst feeling. I'd
1: always get out there with those TV timeouts and and just buzz around. Just get my legs, just yeah, keep but my legs. Would you still?
3: I, mean, I love the little hot lap. The hot lap on the TV timeout was, that was my go-to. It. Sometimes
0: career. it was like the highlight of my night. <laughs> would you do it? I mean, you didn't <laughs> get benched as much as I did. Would you, would you still do a Broadway? I would do it in the first and second, like maybe if I was gonna get a shift, but once I knew my night was over, I wouldn't even go for the lap. I would just yeah. literally, I remember me and the bigger and would just have the chin straps undone in the middle of the bench. Earn would have his skates. Yeah, sp- the
3: grocery store Yeah, Earn would have it his, his skates completely
0: right undone. And we'd just sit there being like, fuck what happened, you know? So, but the hot lap was always nice. Must like I have got lost like in it. the shuffle. Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, for me, it would always be <laughs> the, those those stupid timeouts would always come right before I was. Home. Oh, oh yes. every time up. So so for the fans every out there, it was like, nice we, we have every period, there's three. One minute TV timeouts for commercials, and those timeouts would come after a whistle. <laughs> well, that whistle would always happen just as fucking my line, whether it was Brodziak and Reeves were. Uh, hey, hit should be yeah. like Revo, Uppy, Brodziak, you're up, and then fucking sure enough, icing, boom, put out our first line. I know, and we're sitting
3: there just fucking.
0: It's dead. the worst, yeah. Especially on you
3: the, go back through the rotation. Yeah, the worst. rotation, yeah. Yeah. rotation. In rotation. Especially, you're ready to go, and you're just see you later. Get back, wait again. Four more shifts. Next thing you know, it's been 12 shifts. You haven't seen the X. <laughs> Especially when you're on the road, you know they're going
0: to go back with their top line. You're like, okay, it's say. another six or seven minutes. <laughs> um, Boys <is> <laughs> the big news out of, I mean, out of Philly. And we had Mike Richards, that beauty on probably a month and a half ago now. And he had talked about his experience in Philly with the media the one year where they were on a winning streak and he had to talk to him because he would have got fined, but he gave him yes, no answers. That's it. We've seen Voracek. We talked to, to Hazy's brother. He's a fucking beauty. Updog, you played in Philly. What was your reaction when you saw the clip? I thought it was fucking hilarious. Kinecki's reaction was priceless. But what were your thoughts, bud, playing, being a former flyer?
1: It was just the tipping point of of it all, right? Like some guys, um, Jake in particular, they have – they're big personality guys. They take a lot to heart. They play with their heart on their sleeve. And quite frankly, I think he was (laughs) – Mike – Silski, if I'm going to say his name right, but I'm sure everyone's looked up who this guy is. He's a he's a columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer, which is pretty much just a tabloid newspaper. Okay. He does write he does not write anything on Xs and Os or actually what's going on on the ice. He just writes his opinions, which are complete garbage. And to quote some of his of his tweets before, he's literally said like I think Jake Vorchek should be traded for Katie Smith, which is like the National Anthem singer, (laughs) which is, which is a little things like he's a weasel weasel is what he is. That's what
0: Voracek called him too. So he he tweeted that up. He He tweeted that. And then then he
1: says uh, the fall of the Philadelphia Flyers is all because of Jake Voracek, in my opinion, like things like this. Jesus. So what I like about the situation is Jake gets to use his platform and his personality to fucking get back at the guy, which in, in this case, they're both grown men. They both probably handled it, you know, just the, just the way anyone would in a conversation or a fuck you match. And Jake's just got fire, and I think it's great. I think it was great for the league. I think it was great for for what uh, what could be, you know, players realizing now that you know you got to walk the fine line with swearing and stuff, but you can voice your opinion. Yeah. Hell yeah, this is this is your life. Go for it if a guy's fucking chirping you like that.
0: Just, just Broadway. Before we get your opinion on Uppy. How was how was the media to you in Philadelphia? Did you have any run-ins? I mean, you were a fan favorite. I know that, but how was it for you when you were playing there, dealing with them? Was there a guy, certain guys that you would have liked to told you know fuck yeah. off? But or? no,
1: there wasn't actually, Obi. There was um, numerous times our, our team was was built.
0: Um, to drink (laughs) we were built well-oiled machines
1: yeah (laughs) to drink
0: (laughs) to uh to to enjoy
1: enjoy both sides of hockey on the ice and with your guys on your team having fun in all other areas of of being you know a pro athlete but uh (laughs) no they like they like me and i it was a lot to do with maybe the way i played or the way you know i wasn't a top six guy so i wasn't a first overall pick for the for the philadelphia flyers right like so I was a piece of the puzzle there. Um, you know, I wasn't a Danny Breer or a teaming in or, you know, you know Carter, Carter Richard. Yeah. So I wasn't, you know, yeah. supposed to go get 30, 40 goals and, and all that stuff. But but I played hard and I think that that's why I got the respect from the fans and, and them. But if they're not on your side, it could be hell. And what we're seeing with Jake is just, fuck this, enough's enough. <laughs> I'm taking this into my own. I, I, I text them after because Hartnell sent me the message and Hartnell's doing um, – pre and post game for the Philadelphia Flyers and he sent me this laughing right and I play with Jake in in Columbus I I think the guy's hilarious he's one of the funniest fucking guys your brother would probably say the same thing right Jimmy and then he's like up yeah I had enough and in his broken English text messaging voice it's like he's like the fucking guy he knew was coming like he he, he he's he's asking me those questions he's no I'm gonna blow up so uh i love it i thought yeah. it was great it's, i thought it was great it went around people who aren't even hockey fans saw that clip now and they, fuck maybe they're hockey fans so good for him
3: yeah it's it's huge too for the nhl because you know like when you do interviews in the nhl there are a lot of like the cliche answers and my brother said this barcheck has no problem speaking his mind and he's a guy that has taken some heat in philadelphia and he's an nhl all-star he's uh one of the best players in the league. And I don't understand how people attack those type of players, but it's, it was really funny to see him give us uh, two cents of this guy. Yeah, it was,
0: it was great. Like you said, for the personality of the game, which hockey players, we talk about a lot in this pod up. So it needs more and Broadway, you're a fun loving guy. So I don't know if it happened to you. Was there anywhere in your career that that you maybe ran into a media guy where you wanted to tell
3: him to fuck off and maybe you didn't or wish you did. I never really like had media guys all over me, but I remember when I got uh, traded to Boston, um, The first interview there, some guy had the balls to ask me about uh, Whitey Bulger case. And I was like, man, I'm here fucking – I'm fucking here to play hockey. I'm not here to shoot the shit about Whitey Bulger's investigation right now. You're like,
0: yeah, Whitey's a pretty good guy. Gets kind of a bad rap sometimes. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, for me, boys, I went to Vancouver, and I played in Anaheim and Tampa. So there was no media. There was two fucking media guys in both cities, right? I go to Vancouver – and but listen, I, I was stinking the joint out early. Like it was, bad. <laughs> it was fucking bad. Thank God for the Roxy because I was getting late at least, but it was bad. And the only guy that really came at me was an up. He likes this guy and he's had an unbelievable career on the ice and just as uh, Ray Ferraro, chicken parm. So me and chicken parm, we got into it one day in a little bit in the, in the, in the dressing room, but no F-bombs. I just, I said, Hey man, if you want to rip me, that's fine. But don't come over here and try to hang out with me, Willie Mitchell and juice right now. You know, we were laughing, you know, Mitchy having a good time and chicken parm came over. I said, Hey, get out of here. But the thing I did in Vancouver, Up Dog, was once I realized that the media was so powerful, I I tried to kill them with kindness. Like, I went out of my way to talk to these guys, like Ben Kuzman and these guys, Farhan Lowgy. Murph, I didn't have to because Dan Murphy's an absolute beauty. But I just thought, listen, I I need these guys on my fucking side because AV, I already, I didn't have them (laughs) on my side. So I'm like, if I have the media, maybe maybe I can play it. They can help me sometimes. And throughout my career in Vancouver, they actually did help me more than hurt me. yeah so.
1: that's a good thing you you realize that not many guys it's easy to you know be kind to them when they have the power of of you know just their words that get seen a lot right and I, an unnecessary article whether it's true or not based on one guy's opinion can just be it just be a hassle and it can only it, it could probably be fixed by you just like taking five minutes to shoot the shit with them yeah. and giving them something that another guy wouldn't, right? Yeah, and that's one thing I always thought with the media was, um you know, fuck. What else do I got to do today? Why, why can't I spend five or ten minutes just like giving these guys something just that they wouldn't, but you know, that they can't get from another yeah. guy? Yeah, you know? and, and then che- and then they'll be like, fuck this Upshaw. Like he hasn't scored in fucking twenty three games, but you know what? I'm gonna take it easy on the guy. It's not like it's his. It's not like it's his fault. He's fucking playing. 12 minutes a night. He's going in that hard. The puck yeah, just belts puppy. over his stick. Yeah. For fuck's sake. <laughs> that guy's had a lot of good chances. He, does, but, that, he gets the puck a, in deep.
3: <laughs> like, come on. That is a great point. It's a, especially like for me in Boston, that second year, like I was struggling big time. So the last thing I needed to do was that fuel the fire by being a shithead to the media. Cause like you said, you need those guys on your side, especially when you're struggling big time.
0: Yeah, it doesn't help. And I just thought in Canada too, a lot of those guys are in the media. They obviously wish they played in the show. So they come in the room. Hey, bud, come over here. What'd you do last night? Uh, you know so it's it's tough these we are media now boys as much as we like it or not so it is tough to do and and i think we do a decent job of you know we don't we don't want to rip guys but we're trying to be honest with what we think of the game and they have a job to do too but i think it's okay for a player to, to fight back and use this platform like you said Uppy. now should you throw f bombs because kids are listening maybe not although we, we don't mind throwing them on here but up <laughs> I, I agree with you use your platform as a player right
1: yeah exactly obi it's um it's it's all you have. It's what you have. We talked last time about like leaving the game of hockey. And if you're a bad guy, you leave with no friends. You know, this is yeah. like this. It's that was a kind great quote by you. It's kind own. of a similar thing where yeah, it's I like it. I, I was in Edmonton uh, training camp three years ago and uh, there was this one article by Mark Spector. He's a sports net guy. And he basically, he wrote me off after I got hurt in like the first scrimmage, right? He's yeah. just like, upshells is done, blah, blah, blah. So I like i'm like what the fuck is this i you know i f- kind of fixed my knee i'm rehabbing i still know that i can practice and skate in camp so i call this guy i, I kind of c- call him over i'm like i don't n- want to be a fucking asshole here but you really you're going to write me off in an article what the fuck is that all about i'm on a pto in general who like yeah. someone tell you this or you want to you want to hear it because i'm actually going to go skate right now if you want to fucking watch me skate i'll yeah. prove to you right now that i can probably beat half these guys in in a competition whatever Yeah. The guys like kind of looked at me as in like, fuck, I I can appreciate where you're coming from. And I handled it good. And then like in the next day after I started skating, I remember a little media scrum wanting to interview me to ask how I was. I stayed and did like 10 minutes, 15 minutes extra just shooting the shit with a couple guys. Guys that I've actually, you know, Jim Matheson, a bunch of beat writers in Edmonton that i listened to as a kid. I'd always tune into their articles, whether it was... You know, in, in, in a Sports Illustrated or fucking just on a simple beat uh column. Anyway, um, JJ, the team services guy for Edmonton at the time, came up to me and he's like, Connor and some of our younger players, if they could see what you just did with the media right there, yeah. it would change how the media write about them all the time. They just don't give them anything that they don't ask for. Yeah. They don't give them more. And basically, I'm like, well, listen, I got nothing else to do. I'm either going to go leave here and go sit in my fucking, you know, the cocktail <laughs> I'm at right now, or I'm going to hang out in this nice dressing room. I don't mind shooting the shit with these guys. Like, fuck, I've been I'm around like, this for room's 50. nice. I'll hang out here. Yeah, all day. I'm like, I'm, I'm taking this all in right now. This could <laughs> be my last fucking year. I, you know, so <laughs> for sure, I enjoyed it. And it's like, you know, younger players, if you, if you're out there listening, like, the more you give these guys what we just said, yeah kind of the better that's going to be for you. And that's just a message that you might uh, be better off to hear younger than older.
0: Yeah, I maybe. agree. And if, if you're a player and, and you got something to say, say it. I mean, don't, maybe don't get in a, a fuck you match with them, but you're in the NHL for a reason. and I couldn't agree with you more. And from a coach's perspective, we got a little more media news here. My boy, John Tortorella, Torch, can't help himself, loves popping off, loves telling people to fuck oh. off. We all know the situation with P- Pierre-Luc Dubois. He signs a two-year 10 bananas deal it's a player it's a management friendly deal it's a it's a deal that you could probably get traded because it's not six or seven years up be exactly. yeah so torch comes out rips him in the media my question to you beauties is we can use torch as an example but these superstars nowadays christopher Steag came on and said you know that torch has to change the way it treats the superstars can you still call guys out up if they're your superstars do you handle it in in the dress room what were you what do you think about uh torch's comments
1: our boy Steger has a lot to say yeah, about, he's about everything, yeah, and in does. particular, though he's been he's been sounding off a lot lately on on the NHL, like protecting their younger guys. And I don't know what it is with him; like he he wasn't given everything. Mm-hmm. A guy like Versteeg, he worked for a lot of the things he's done. He's he's two cups, fucking thirty goal years. He's he's a hell of a player. I don't think these young kids need any more babying than they're already getting. Um, And I I say that, uh, I wasn't babied. A lot of the guys, my generation weren't babied. Um, Right now, these kids, they come in from junior hockey where, you know, you couldn't have been hard on them in junior hockey. They come into the pros. A lot of the older guys can't, like, properly break these guys in, which I mean, like you know, hey, throw me some fucking tape. Hey, like, <laughs> Hey, sit, in <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hey, hey sit. sit on the shower grid. Hey, sit on the shower grid. Hey, stay on the fucking bus till everyone's off. Yeah, don't stay don't, up, rookie, fuck. Yeah, don't fucking eat before the fucking <laughs> veterans on the plane, shit like that. You can't oh, really say that dudes. to these kids anymore. And I don't know, a coach wants to sound off because a guy's putting himself above the team and he's making five million bucks and he's 20 fucking, how old is he, 23? Yeah, 23.
0: 23, I think, or something has
1: every right to do that whether the guy's gonna handle it the right way and be a better player for it or he's gonna completely fold and 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 this will never leave your room until you fix it that could happen um i don't think we need to tell john tortorella how to coach i think he's he's whatever he does is done methodically and and you know fucking he says what he wants to say and, and it's worked in the, in the past for him so i think it's gonna make a kid like like dubois tougher um if he can fucking come out of this and be stronger and have a voice and play well and help his team win, other teams see that. Other teams realize, you know, exactly. that he's this tough skinned kid and he's gonna be able to fucking, you know, yep. be a leader on your team and and fight through adversity and help younger players fight through adversity. If he folds, he folds. I that's agree. not a that's not a good quality. So
0: I know, that's my no, problem. that's – and I'm with you. Broadway, what are your thoughts on, on yeah. superstar players and Torch's yeah. comments? How do you think if you're a veteran or, or what – how do you handle these guys that are that are making a lot of money at a young age?
3: Like I, like I agree with you. I think Torch has every right to say it. But at the same time, it's not his decision on this kid gets moved or not. That's a management-type decision. So I think Torch just needs to coach a team. He can kind of light a fire under the kid's ass. But you got to – you got to play him like a number one center that he is. You can't play him fifteen minutes a night like he did the other night. So you either got to put him in the lineup, let him play like a number one, or scratch him. And that's a decision for management. But Torts has every right to call a guy out, and hopefully the kid can get the message and continue to play hard. And it's only going to benefit himself by playing hard because other teams going to see it. And other teams, yeah, are that was
0: my point. Like, so the first two games, Torch played him eighteen minutes, and then the last game where he finally scored, he played him fifteen. So. But that was my point. And, like, go out there, play hard, be a good yeah, teammate. Boo fucking who? Yeah, fuck, fu- yeah, fuck, you're making oh, five yeah. bananas. Yeah, yeah, you're stuck in Columbus. But I just think, Broadway, you nailed it on the head for me. Respect your teammates. Respect the fucking national hockey. You play hard. You'll get fucking traded. And for torts, I love it, man. I keep it fucking going. I think if, if you're a Stanley Cup winning coach and, and have the respect that torts has, say what you want to say. If you want to use the media, use it. So um i love it that we're talking about shit going off in the media though because it's great for the game i truly believe that and we, we we started off talking about how many games are up i've been watching a lot of hockey i know you have broadway you're doing your thing on the east coast watching um let's jump into some teams that have impressed you that maybe you didn't think we going to impress you teams that you knew that were going to impress Updog, who you've been watching who's been doing the fucking
1: there's been a lot of teams doing a lot of fucking
0: fucking right. And it's
1: great Like hockey on tv right now there's so much hockey I sit at home and I'm, I'm like, like you guys said, it's kind of our job now, right? And yeah. I like watching. I don't even know what's going on. I like watching watch hockey, but like, fuck, here, California, prime time. I'm trying to make dinner. I'm trying to put my baby down. <laughs> I'm trying to fucking get off the chairlift. <laughs> like, there's been a bunch of things in the first weekend of this season that, you know, uh, it, it's a little struggle here to watch. But um, we'll just, why not start right here in Southern California, the, the Ducks? The Ducks for me. I was expecting a little more. Uh, they you play Vegas first two games. Uh, what I saw out of them was tough start. It was them. a tough start, but they 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 managed to keep up with Vegas for the first forty minutes of, the, of game one. Game two hung with them for a little bit, but you know they're they're playing a much better team uh, with personnel, coaching, um, goaltending, but well, yeah, depth. Um, yeah. So you know the Ducks. They got Gibson that's been playing good, but he needs to steal games. Uh, you know, when you're when your top goal scorer after your first three games is a is a twenty one year old Max Comtos. He's got three goals. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna need your youth to help this, but they're not just gonna be able to win you games all the time. So so the getzies and the uh the Fowlers and, and all this, they're you know, they're gonna have to come and, and be leaders and help this team kind of get over the hump or it'll be a long long season
0: yeah i agree and um i'm gonna piggyback just on the ducks real quick i thought they hung tough dallas aikens is a great coach they've got good structure i like to see getzlav maybe on that first power play unit to start off with but anyways who knows what's going on but they hung tough but there's there's definitely reasons for concern there um broadway who who do you like or who who haven't you really liked so far in this young young season
3: uh, I'll start with a team that I like. And it's been uh, Montreal. Montreal is a team that I said would probably make the playoffs. And in this league, it starts with your goalie. And Carey Price, is, he's continues to prove himself as one of the best goalies in the league. I like that addition. Josh Anderson got off to a great start. And this uh, young kid, uh, Suzuki, his skill level is through the roof. And I, I really think this uh, Montreal team is going to do some damage in that North of there. Yeah, I
1: would not fuck around and give, give up that Suzuki for anyone. I think he's great. Him, him and no. Brandon Gallagher, the, they, they play the same style. Suzuki is that like little water bug that you want. He reminds me of like Jaden Schwartz, just how hard he works and he can c- control the puck. Uh, he helps their offense. Uh, and then like our boy, we talked on it earlier, Shea Weber is still- The
0: oh, he looks he's good. He's still
1: mean and fucking. Oh, he scored a man. goal last night, which was great. Uh, you know, he sneaky, shot it off sneaky. the back of his, uh, eh? fucking, who is it? Webbs, yeah, he came
0: okay, in, got it, a little sneaky behind the
1: net off the back he's of the still goal. got it. Like, Webbs, <laughs> you know what? He's battled injuries. He's played a lot of hockey. I love seeing him out there still just ripping one timers.
0: Yeah. Great. Uppy, every time I watch the Oilers play and that kid, the Finnish kid's in net, what's his name? Koskinen or whatever? Yeah. He's, he's wearing, wearing my number. 19. I'm like, he stole fucking Uppy's number. I remember Uppy went to the fucking training camp with the Oilers on the PTO. I'm like, how's it going up there? Are you getting settled in, buddy? He's like, yeah, but fuck, this backup Teddy's wearing 19. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what? Why? He's like, some Finnish kid. I'm the guy's like, guys, never
1: played a game in the NHL. <laughs> How is that even a goalie number? I'm like, you're giving a fucking backup goalie that has never played a game in the NHL. Please. number 19? Yeah.
0: I don't know how the fuck, well, I know how the finish <laughs> league works. I went over there, but kid, you're not wearing 19 between the pipes right no, away. 100. Like, fuck.
1: Frosty, Frosty would never allow that to happen. I'm up there. It's not, it's it's like, I was on a PTO. Speaking
0: not. of, Fro- yeah, but still, you had fucking over 800 games yeah. or 700 games. But anyways, I just, every time I watch that, that's the first thing possible in my mind. I'm like, that fucking guy's wearing up his number. <laughs> um, Our boy Frosty, Broadway, you teed me right into my squad. Um. This was a team that I ripped at the start of the year. I put them on the the shit list when we did the old audible in the last podcast or two podcasts ago. Jersey man, yeah, Tom Fitzgerald, Jersey, yeah, your cousin there, boy. He might, might, he might, he might know yeah. more than me because <laughs> he might be honest he might be honest something. The first thing I noticed was they got unbelievable team speed, boys. They they played the Bruins, and granted, the the bees are a veteran team. They'll get into better shape, but I took the bees both nights. Yeah, I, was gonna talk I about bet them. the bees two to one. They were fucking minus two fifty or something. Thank God Marshawn scored in the shootout the first night. Then they lost the second night. Um, (laughs) Jersey's goaltending, Mackenzie Blackwood. This kid's from Thunder Bay up in Mike Richards' territory. This fucking kid could kick. And the guy fucking, Miles Wood, this guy fucks. He's a Boston guy, right, Broadway? He plays with size. Yeah, he's a Boston guy. Good-looking kid. No good-looking. He's missing his whole fucking top row of his teeth. (laughs) I'm like,
3: let's looks like James If you Frango. know this
0: guy, let's get him a fucking this guy Fox t-shirt because I love that guy's game. And listen, I'm not saying Jersey's going to make the playoffs because they're in that East Division, Uppy, but um, up uh, Broadway, your, your cousin Fitzgerald, he might know what's going on. That team has surprised me. And real quick, Uppy, the Oilers, fuck. We don't want to hammer on them. It feels like I hammer on them every week here, but I watched the Oilers play the Canyons last night. Um, they, lo- they, need to yeah, they lost back-to-back quick. games. If you're a McDavid, how many, how patient can you be up? You're a good Alberta boy. What's going on there? Is it too is it too early to press the panic button with the defensive game and how they're playing or?
1: Uh it's it's a situation Northern Alberta's faced here for for an, a long time. Um Plano's already re- It's Bl- been over a year I get texts from my family, Blano's I get texts on. from my friends. <laughs> you know, I think they've won <laughs> at home. They're their last sixty games at home is is embarrassing. Their statistics yeah. are, are really, really bad. I think their winning percentage is twenty percent or something. At it's home. crazy. Um when you have oh, two man, of the best players crazy. in the league who who both score hundred points a year, um you need to learn to play some defense. So you can win games, you know, two, two, one, three, two. Um, when you have a coach like Dave Tippett, and I don't want to put this all on the coach, but He's a very structured coach. I don't know why he can't get these guys to buy in. I know the personnel on the back end was not addressed this year. Um, You know, Darnell Nurse being your highest paid defenseman at $5.6 million. Uh, You bring in Tyson Berry to help the power play on the back end. He's not a two-way defenseman by no means, so he's not helping out the defensive side of things. Uh, You need to structurally have these glue guys or the, the fucking hardworking blue collared players on your team on your bottom six forwards. You need these guys to, to do more. Yeah. You can't just have McDavid out there doing everything. Um, Their depth is horrendous. That should have been addressed. Kenny Holland's not the GM of the Detroit Red Wings anymore with the personnel, like the Detroit Red Wings had, but he does know what, Uh, what a defensive core uh, a good one looks like and he hasn't put it in Edmonton yet and I don't know how they're going to fix this soon and they're in trouble
0: yeah and and you're right up we can't put all the coaches I'm going to put it on their scouting staff a little bit too and their player development like bring in some of these guys that fucking know how to play defensive hockey yeah granted they they got to learn at the NHL level but it's not just Holland's fault and Tippett's fault it's the whole fucking organization I don't know who's scouting for them I'm not saying I could do a better job I look at that whole organization I'm like I think their scouting needs to be better. I think their American League system needs to be better. Like, these kids come up and they, I don't know, they just don't do it. But Broadway, you're, you're our East Coast guy. Before we move on, Pittsburgh, what have you thought about Pitt? They, they won their third game in the shootout against the Caps. I got them out of the playoffs to start the season. Is there a reason for concern or Pitt? What have you seen there so far?
3: Uh, there's lots of concern in Pittsburgh. And you just said it with, like, with Edmonton. Their depth, to me, is just not there. I think Evgeny Malkin has struggled to start here and their goalie, Jari, who was an all-star last year, who was, I played with the minors. And I think very highly of, he is struggling big time. They need to figure it out. They have the guys like Tanev who can play that, uh, shutdown role, but they need to figure out their top end, uh, their top six situation because it's all looking like they're banking on Crosby to get three points a night. Yeah, I agree.
0: And that was my concern. And, um, your boy uh, in that Jari, that's how you say his name, right? How is there any reason, concern for him? Yeah. I mean, they trade Matt, Matt Murray to Ottawa because this guy they feel can be the guy. It's a shortened season. How, are you concerned about him at all, But or will he bounce back?
3: I mean, he's only played two games, but his numbers are horrific. But he's a guy I think can bounce back, and in- – Pittsburgh needs him to bounce back big time because they need to stay in games. They need to win three to two or two to one here because their depth is just struggling. And that's what if it's going to come down to that, it's going to they're going to need a big time goal. I agree.
0: Yeah. So there's, I mean, hey, listen, boys, we know it's early. Fuck, it's 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 we're, we're, four we, games in. We're just we're in. just talking about it because we've been watching <laughs> a lot of hockey. It's four games in. There's lots of time left, but just from a short sample size, um, you know, we're on the same page. A lot about teams that are playing well and teams that are playing well and hockey's back on it's fucking milk carton time boys i know it's only been three or four games and you know i know throughout my career people would have thrown me on the milk carton, especially at the start of fucking seasons but um let's do the milk carton segment i'm gonna go first milk carton. Um, i'm gonna take some heat maybe but fucking the first overall pick alex lafrenier i'm throwing you on the milk carton kid i know it's only two games maybe i'm being the big bully veteran but you're playing in the bright lights of MSG with nobody in there, but you're still playing MSG. Lafreniere, <laughs> you'll probably score tonight, you fucker. But I'm putting you on the milk carton. First overall pick, you got to get her going. Up dog, who you got for your milk carton?
1: I got the Edmonton Oilers whole organization, top to, just bottom. Bottom. Top, top to top bottom, top to bottom, <laughs> top to bottom. You're you're in northern Alberta. <laughs> I know it's cold up there. We need some winning hockey in Alberta. We need the battle of Alberta to be an actual battle.
0: Yeah, because Calgary looks good, by the way. So. They let's go really boys
1: good. tip it's not all your fault but i need to see more yeah. out of the structure that they play you need your best players to be the guys playing on both ends of the rink uh if that's the case you'll compete every night you might win games fucking 2-1 but you'll get some points and you might make the playoffs and we might get to see mcdavid win a
3: stanley cup yeah fuck i mean i well said broadway who we got in the milk carton fella well, I'm going to stick with the uh, hometown theme here, Uppy, and I'm going to put the Boston Bruins 5-on-5 five five play. <laughs> they have yet to score a goal 5-on-5, five five, and that is just not going to cut it in the National Hockey League. We touched last week on how specialty teams is going to be huge. They've got some short-handed goals. they got a dangerous power play. They are missing David Posanak, who is a 40-goal scorer, and that's huge. But you got to score goals 5-on-5, five five. so Boston – Figure it the
0: fuck out soon. So I like it. The boys coming out of the gates throwing a couple organizations on the middle cart and fuck the players. We're putting the whole fuck <laughs> players
1: in. we give the players credit. It's only three games yeah in, right? I agree. But it's, yeah We need to do more. I mean, I got him to win. I took him fucking to win the Calder Cup or the Calder trophy. Let's go.
0: Yeah, and I guess I put LeFrenier because my boy Stutzel, Stutzel, he got his first one the other night. This Russian kid
3: Capri a beauty too. Uh, whatever Uppy, the fuck his name is. Whatever his Minnesota, name is, he's he is fucking good. good. He is fucking he good. Uppy,
0: can I ask you a question? Both of you guys, should he be able to wear 97 because of McDavid? Does it not matter? I, is, I don't know. Is it stupid? He wears 97. I'm like, fuck, that's McDavid's number. Or it's not like Gretzky. And if he's
3: going to put three point nights and score OT winners, hell yeah. <laughs> Updog should he be wearing 97? <laughs> he
0: shouldn't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, fuck. If, if that's his number, change it to 79. 79. Fuck. Yashin. Wear the turtleneck like yeah. Yashin, yeah. too. <laughs> Come on,
1: get the fucking tinted visor out. You know, make make eleven bananas a year like Yashin. But
0: I think Yashin's still getting paid up, yeah, dog too. Fucking him. guy.
1: Um, no, that kid's good. Overtime goal in his debut, an assist in the next one. I think he's the first player ever to have to have points in overtime in his first two NHL games. Pretty cool. Yeah, he's um, good. Dean Evison, I'll shout out to him. Uh coach me in junior in Kamloops. He's got those guys playing pretty good.
0: Minnesota, they look half decent. Can I ask you about him? Cause he looks like an intense, fuck. Yeah, yeah, behind the was. bench. He looks like, like he's, is he an intense coach? Cause he looks a- Yeah, he,
1: uh, <laughs> we used to have this workout we did in junior. It was fucking awesome. We go in and do these uh, circuits and our little tiny gym was like our, it was, it was a dressing room like this actually the size of our studio heroes. Okay. And there would be squat rack, some dumbbells, uh, a fucking <laughs> speed bag and then a heavy bag with a with a jersey around it that was tied up. And you used to just fucking go squats, bench, speed bag, and then you used to grab the jersey and you'd fucking hammer the, you'd get in a fight with the fucking heavy bag and you would fight this heavy bag for fucking minutes. Now it minutes. makes sense why the WHL was a Yeah, and that was our workout.
0: It was fucking great. That is fucking one of the best things I've ever heard. That was that was the old school training back in the dub back then Broadway. I don't. Know, I don't <laughs> that know. That is
3: exactly 100. That's just full tilts every night in that league. That's awesome. But I'm excited that um, Minnesota looks good because I'm a huge Billy Garen fan. He was the the GM of Wilkes-Barre when I was there, and he's the definition of a a players GM. He loves his guys. He'll do anything for his guys. So it's great to see them have some success here early on.
0: Yeah, they're they're playing well. I, I still. Unless I got money on them, I don't really fire on them. Fucking Minnesota wild game, but they're, know, they're, they're no, playing
3: better. No, I can't touch. I haven't yeah, touched them yet. You're not going to no, bet on them, no.
0: I bet them the fucking second game against LA. Did, did they win? They won. Nice. Yeah. They came back twice. But, uh, boys, watching these games, and, and I know I'm an old fucking guy that maybe did this too much, but every year it seems like less and less scrums in front of the net and like battles and teams are losing and they go to the front of the net, the whistle stops, and nothing happens. Like, if you're down 2 nothing. Fucking get in there and give a guy a little whack or something. Like Myers took a penalty last night, and I actually ended up getting like a Twitter battle with this guy in Vancouver. Good, yeah, it was great, but it did put him down. Yeah, Chuck, yeah, it did put him down Andy five loved it. on the five on three, which isn't perfect. But fuck, I mean, to Chuck's right in your blue paint. Fucking give him a shot, I'll be, Should we need more of this? Do fans miss it? Do you miss it? Or I'm just a dinosaur that wants to see some fucking yeah, stinky gloves? It's
1: a dying, dying breed, But your your feelings, which are. <clears throat> very emotional on this topic because that's how you played and that's how you want to see these guys play you don't want to see a guy like to take advantage of being in front of your goalie and whack an extra you know wax after the whistle and not knowing that if he gets here and wants to stay here it's gonna fucking it's gonna hurt yeah that that is hockey you're not gonna injure a guy by giving him fucking a couple cross checks on the arm or on the wrist or in the back like in front of the net that's just get him out of there it's like it's in it's in football when you know there's a fumble and everyone fucking jumps on the ball and then fucking you can rip a guy's eye out that's that's what being in front of the net in hockey should be like and i think we're i think we're reaching when we ask for you know a little bit uh the refs to let that go cuz they're trying to change the yeah. game um no i get
3: you're right i but get but fuck it. that you yeah. know what?
0: you got to play hard
3: but there was a pretty good there was a pretty good scrum in that uh, uh Detroit Columbus game yesterday with uh Wierenski and Larkin. And it was a funny story because I guess um Larkin actually left tickets for Werensky's parents for the game. <laughs> and then to see those two guys drop the gloves of a minute left was have uh, you guys ever of your buddies in a, in a game?
0: I didn't junior. Did you? Yeah. I I don't know if I have. We I mean got I, a, I had one we in, got Austin. in a line
3: brawl. I thought that uh Yeah, I had a cheap shot on a kid in Calgary and then uh, Garnett Hathaway was on the ice and he grabbed me and then he looked at me like, we doing this? And I was like, I mean, fuck, we're at Boston Garden. The gloves are off. We have to fucking at least act like we're doing something like all my fights. (laughs) We got in a fucking full line brawl after line
1: brawl with the Moose Jaw Warriors when I was in Kamloops. And we uh, it was a trip where a lot of the guys got got like the flu and we didn't even have fucking three lines to begin with. And sure enough, fucking one line brawl happens. And then the next line goes out, and I was faced off against a D man uh, who I played World Juniors with and under eighteen with Nathan uh, Nathan Page. Oh he, yeah, D man. Yeah, I played in, in Wash and World Juniors. Uh, yeah, he was. He had a good young career. Yeah. Uh, but sure enough, looks at me. Are we doing this? I'm like, fuck. Everyone's doing it. We're fucking. We <laughs> have
0: a choice.
1: <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> he's down. Throw the hair back. Fucking get in there. Throw a couple. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then. You know, you always just see a lot of the tougher guys who end up fighting their buddies. It's, it's sometimes it's part of the game that needs to happen, right? I'm sure he looked at him and f- fucking right in that scrum and just said, "Fuck you!" We're yeah, going. like you know, it's in
0: the I, heat of the moment, it happens. Yeah, I mean the heavyweights, like I, I no, they I, started, they started. Yeah, they I think of guys, the two guys that jump out to me that would fight their best friend, their brother, fucking whatever, is uh, two of my favorite teammates, is the bigger and Brian McGrath and Trevor Gillies. They would fight. They didn't care. That was their job. For me. I fought my ex-teammate Tarnasky because he Hor wow. Chuck was there and he didn't want to fight Horty. So I'm like, Tarno, I'll fight you. So I was kind of helping him yeah, out. Yeah. Like we had a good belt, See? but Horty Tarn-up. would have fucking pumped Tarno, like, and Tarno knew that. And buddy, Garrett Hathaway, by the way, I was this is when I first got sent back down to the jungle. He went to like Brown or something, didn't he, Broadway? Where'd he go to school? Yeah, all those yeah, yeah, yeah. school so guys. Yeah, he, he comes Brown. up and and I'll give this kid credit. He's made a great career for himself. I, I did not think he would ever play this many games in the NHL, so good for him. But he gets in his first fight in the jungle. He can't get his one glove off, and he just gets fucking just shit. <laughs> breaks his nose. So I'm like, after the game, I give him some time. I'm like, hey kid, come here. I'm ah, fighting. You know it's tough. You just gotta you just gotta do it. That's the only way to get better at. But I'm like, first tip, you gotta drop both your gloves. By. <laughs> he's like, I know I couldn't get my left. I couldn't get my left one off. It was stuck. I'm like, it's okay. So he he made a great job for him and uh, up dog. You you teed into a um. On, on our missing curfew, there's been some people asking about line brawl, the Canucks and Flames. I was part of it. It was seven years ago yesterday. Um, it was one of the things that I thought was disgraceful by Bob Hartley. We were out of the playoffs. Uh, Vancouver at the time was leading their division. Uh, Hartley comes in at morning skate, calls in Big Earn, ha, Kevin Westgarth, Blair Jones, who wasn't a fighter, and tells them, listen, I'm starting you guys. If they start someone, I want you to start a brawl. So a big earn comes out of his fucking office like a kid that just saw Santa Claus. Right? Like, he's like, I'm like, I'm like, what's going on? Here? And he's like, we're going the night, big boy. We're going the night. So I go to pregame nap thinking, holy fuck. All right. Who How I- come you didn't start? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, so who the fuck am I going to have here? Right. I'm like, ah, maybe yeah. I'll grab BX or whatever. Like, I don't know who I'm going to grab. I come to the rink. I'm not starting. He starts a lot of Schmidt and Chris Butler. So I'm like, this guy hates me what? so much that he's not even risking me getting beat up because he doesn't want me to have the lime he doesn't want he me to have the, the limelight of being, yeah i know yeah. right so he's like i'm not even giving obi the limelight of being on a five on five so before i get into that, i i went out the night before with peter gurgis till like five in the morning because i thought i was going to play four or five minutes which i was averaging all year <laughs> but fuck we had 4d i played like 25 minutes i was dying <laughs> but um anyway uh, so obviously torch he can't you know he can't help himself he starts and, and, and we all know how it went. And then Torch is yelling at me on the bench. He's like, how do you play for this fucking guy? I'm like, yeah. I don't want to play for him. I think he's a fucking loser, Torch. And Torch, <laughs> Torch is like, I usually don't yeah, I'm, I'm don't like, I just Torch. sit here. He's a fucking idiot. And Torch is like, I'm coming down. You tell him I'm coming to intermission, boys. And in Vancouver, where our home dressing room is, there was a door that's no longer there. That where you would get like your stitches, dentist yeah, chair. Yeah, I was in the middle. Yeah. You know, you went to Canucks yeah, yeah, camp. Yeah, yeah. It leads right to the fucking spare dressing room. So I got kicked out at the end of the period because Cassian was cheesing around the ice. I'm like, I, I can't fight. Like I, I, the coach told me, don't fight. We only have four D. I was like, I was already, I was already getting put on waivers. I'm like, I really can't. So I'm sitting in the dressing room. Period ends. Torts comes fucking in the dressing room, boys, and he would have had Bob Hartley. Big Earn got in the way. It would have been pay-per-view, me in the dressing room, <laughs> Hartley Tortorella fucking toe-to-toe. <laughs> to this day, I'm like, Big Erd, you fucker, why'd you stop that? So, um, yep. so people wanted to hear about it. That's how it went down. And then Torts was just going bananas. I'm like, Torts, there's a hockey night in Canada fucking camera right there. And in all honesty, Brad Richardson was on that team and Torch got suspended and and they, they tanked the rest of the year. And I just thought, from a perspective of being a part of a Flames, I thought it was a bush league move. You know, we were bad. Yeah, it was just. Um, but yeah, it's a funny story. I almost saw Hartley Tortorella
1: just added to another another list of things you oh. hate about Hartley. I know, fucker put me out there for the <laughs> yeah Hartley. I, I can't Portnoy. believe though you could fucking write a book on I this guy. I can't believe you got fucking fifty five O'Brien. What number <laughs> are you wearing? Fifty five. In, in Calgary, fifty five. Yeah, you got him on your fucking <laughs> in your lineup and, and you, want fu- you, you want a fucking you want a brawl you want the fucking fireworks <laughs> to go <laughs> off in <from> vancouver
0: <laughs> eat that prick that would have been
1: you, you know, the have the been o-
0: epic. i know the only guys that were more upset about me that i wasn't out there were fucking Chris Butler and Ladislav Schmid they're <laughs> like what the fuck's going on here i'm like <laughs> yeah. i don't I'm know
1: surprised buttsy didn't just do the quick change for you i i don't like but you
0: it's <laughs> quite exactly. good idea i that should would have said great. that but just change fuck but might have done that yeah i mean you fucking got all totally. the answers, but Schmid would have done it too. Yeah, but it was uh, it was I saw the clip last night. I'm missing curfew clips. It was fucking hilarious. Um, Seven years. That Seven years ago. Comment when he zoomed Seven in on your face.
3: That's
0: Boys, to, to put a put a little. We got a great guest coming up. A guy that we all know very well. So um, we're gonna get to him. But watching all these games, Updog, you you've always had six style on and off the on the on and off the ice. Broadway, you're the same. Look good, play good. It's the fucking National Hockey League. I don't care if there's fans or not. Who's got the best style out there right now up dog?
1: i look to no one but uh an American born legend. Jimmy played with him. Got a couple of fucking free tap ins because of him and I don't mean kill
0: I don't oh, mean yeah. I don't Paris
1: Club.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I'll be not talking about myself. Yeah. I'll be actually these <laughs> goals this time. No, not just not goals. Pat, <laughs>
1: Patty Kane, boys. Huh. Uh, I think the the reason why not only because I think he looks sick, and but when he handles the puck, it's it, it looks it's like hockey, hockey porn. It's it hockey. It looks porn. hockey. It's yeah. hockey pornobs. Completely, it's full <laughs> double pen. It's just everything you need with hockey porn. And uh, <laughs> he couldn't
0: help himself, Broadway.
1: <laughs> uh, basically, I see younger players now come up. And, you know, when I came up, it was guys wanted to look like Marcus Naslin. Yeah. Or Stevie Y. Yep. um, Pavel Bure, Peter Forsberg. Those were the guys you wanted to look like. Yep. And play like. Now, the Austin Matthews, you know, the Jack Hughes, uh, the fucking kid, the kid in, in Anaheim. Zagrass. Zagrass. They want to be Patty Keene. And yep. it's evident. And I think that that goes. To,
0: My brother. Yeah, fucking Kevin Hayes. So yeah.
1: anyway my, yeah. my guy's Patty Kane.
0: What yeah, do you guys I got? mean I I can't believe your brother didn't want to have your style Broadway but uh <laughs>
3: who do you got? Who got No, oh, Patty Kane had a little more skill. I like you said up he Patty Kane invented the uh socks over the back and that's what all these young guys are doing. And I think Austin Matthews looks sick out there, but speaking of guys you look up to who have sick style was for me it was Ryan Getzlaf. He's such a big guy. He rocks the no visor. If I had two good eyes, I would have loved to rock no visor, but I couldn't rock nobody hey, the only one. Out. I I did not know <laughs> until this
0: podcast how much you love Ryan Getzel. We're gonna You're going to come out here after he's done playing. We're going to play I golf with him. him. You, he's going to get favorite you a fucking signed jersey maybe too because he was your favorite player. Yeah, that's, it's his. I, era yeah, I, that's I his love Getzev too. Broadway, I'm, I'm, I'm just impressed with that. Um, and you say about the socks over the skates. It's so true. Kane was the first one to do that. And, and Taves... Well, when we he had our battles it. in, in Chicago-Vancouver teams, it was always like, he, he called me a cancer, and I fucking, whatever, you're, you're drunk. And the I remember our second year, we're playing them, He does the cane with the top with the oh, yeah, And I'm man. like, oh, listen, bud, look at you, eh? Following cane, everybody. <laughs> eh? I'm like, get your own fucking style out here, you fuck. <laughs> yeah. And then they end up being this other <laughs> playoff, so joke was on me. I'm going sickest style in the National League. I got two guys. I'm going with my boy Ryan O'Reilly. Fact, I have the daddy. fact daddy, his shin pads. <laughs> Shocker, Shocker! I know I, he's my he's my Ryan Getzlav. His shin pads <laughs> to his skates. He's Your got the crush. little tongue, um, the no visor, the beard, the C, and he's just he's just throwing a lot of sauce out there. And yeah. my second guy, and this was a guy oh. that I wish I could have been in the NHL. His style was sick. Jumbo Joe Thornton. I think his style is still fucking unbelievable. He still rocks. It. What about a defenseman, oops? Because you're a D-man. Fuck D-Man, good call. Uh, I know I was a D-man. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think like when I when I watched younger, like Chris Pronger, when Pronger had the tongues out, I did that in junior. I couldn't really pull it off. I Not did a it the one. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, for a guy on the back end, Brian McCabe, Caber, I always thought oh, yeah. had six style in Toronto. Left-handed shot,
3: wore Bauer gear. Eric Carlson's one of the yeah, guys that jumped a out to me. Little fucker.
0: But I would say if there was one guy, I would say, and I love this guy's Brian McCabe. McCabe had 6th yeah. out for the Leafs. He had the Mohawk going in warm up, uh, and and Cabra was great. Caber would come Ooh. down to San Antonio with me when I was with you boys. You guys were up in the show having fun at fucking Updog's house. I was down playing three and threes, and Cabra would always take me for dinner and and um, <laughs> yeah. So I would say Brian yeah, McCabe. He's a, good question. Was, up. He so. was a good dude. Yeah. yeah, great dude. So boys, hockey's back we're starting to find our stride here on the season. I love you boys, we've got a great guest coming up, so uh, stay with us. Welcome back to Mr. Curfew Updog. we got a special guest here, a guy that all three of us brought away, we know, we worked with. Um, it's J.B. Spiezel and he's, um, J.B. has over 30 years of experience transforming individuals into leaders. He's a veteran of the United States Army with 23, 26 years of service, including 10 years in special operations, with the elite 75th rangers up dog we could go on
1: and on about what jb uh what he's brought to the table what he's taught numerous athletes amongst uh you know us in the nhl the nfl uh i've had a chance to work with him uh, for a couple training camps um and the teachings the leadership uh, the life qualities he brings to the table and what he's able to done for, to help with our team has been has been astronomical yeah. so let's let's, let's bring, bring him, him in. in let's bring him
4: in jb how are you Good, guys. How you doing? Up dog, OB. Good to see you, Jimmy. Guys look great. I'm proud of you. Yeah, we were saying the same thing about you, buddy.
0: You're looking – you haven't aged a day since I met you. The hair looks looking perfect. You're still ripped up. I love it.
4: (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Yeah, here too. Yeah, I'm trying to stay after it. You know, every single day, run, CrossFit, something. Got to stay after it. Yeah, JB, let's just start, buddy.
0: I remember when we had training camp in Florida together. We went to West Point. You were leading the charge there, but – just for our listeners, talk about your experience in the army. The the thing for me at West Point was the discipline these kids had. The discipline you showed me throughout my time when I was you know down in the minors. But let's just talk about you and everything you went through with the army and so forth.
4: Yeah, sure. You know, I um, uh, you know middle class kid from Pittsburgh, PA. Played some sports growing up and decided I'd you know join the army to uh, you know pay for college and. Uh, the recruiters like, you know, why don't you be an army ranger? I had no idea what they do. I said, what do they do? And he said, jump out of airplanes, blow stuff up. I said, sign me up. And, uh, that's kind kind of how he went. And, um, you know, I figured out I was pretty good at it and made a great career out of it. Obviously obviously was a, uh, you know, we're fortunate to be in special operations with the esteemed Ranger regiment. I was a drill instructor. I worked at West point. And then at West point was the time that, you know, we had our first interaction interaction with, uh, you know, professional uh, hockey players when the New York Rangers came there at the Oh um, five camp after the lockout um, that, that lockout. 05. <laughs> and yeah. um, you know, kind of, yeah. And it kind of, it, it kind of, you know, took off from there and actually Glenn, Glenn Saylor was the one that, um, you know, esteemed president and GM and hockey hall of famer said to me, Hey, you know, you're pretty good at this. You should think about doing this after the military. And uh, that, that, that's how it came. But, but, you know, a lot of it is, is just kind of imparting, you know, leadership on people that they already have. Cause I'll tell you, you know, OB and uh, Updog, I've worked with you, both of you closely. And, um, uh I, I you know i, I told a story a, a few weeks ago to to a client how um you know when we were in florida and you know um you know we really didn't have a captain um you know um jovo was still injured that whole piece and updog you 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 stepped up as the captain and i remember telling you know, the owners, Vinny Viola and Doug Sifu that, like we didn't have a captain and you were the captain and you did a lot of things behind the scenes that people didn't see. And I remember when, uh, I don't know if you know, I know this, but I know that, uh, you know, when it came time into the season and you guys were collecting, you know, tips for the, for the equipment guys and, and, and that support staff that does so much, uh, there was, there was a player that didn't want to pay and, uh, you know, Updog reached into his own pocket and I think it was 12 or 15 grand or something like that. You pulled out because you didn't want those guys to be short. So, you know, that, that's all that behind the scenes stuff that, uh, that, that, that you do that, that, that forms leadership. And, th- and if I helped you both with that, uh, then, you know, I I've done my job. Updog, classy move fellow, by the yeah, way.
1: Yeah.
0: I know it. Um, JB, when you, the <laughs> thing that, you know, when you came down for the young kids in that organization, buddy, like. The way you would handle them, on a, you would come down once a month and talk to them, and, and the stuff you did, it was so good as a veteran guy to see what you did for those young guys. Did you really enjoy working with the younger prospects and teaching them just teamwork? Because you know how it is in America, guys can be selfish. They want to get to the NHL. And you taught them, hey, do the right things, and
4: eventually you will get rewarded. No, I I loved it. I loved doing it at, at, at all levels. I loved it in the NHL and I loved it in the AHL. I loved it in college as well too, but you're right in that AHL, you know, the AHL sometimes, you know, can be a little bit of a clunky league, right? You know, that, and, and these guys are trying to like show their best because, you know, they obviously they want to get, get to the NHL and they want to stay there, but, but when they, but but when they lean on that developmental process of, you know, continuing to, you know, work hard at their craft continue to trust the leadership continue to put forth the best effort um and eventually those you know those those things will come and um uh you know i remember talking to a lot of players and um you know a player said to me you know um uh you know i don't know um when i'm gonna get there and i said you're, you're going to get there. <laughs> and when yeah. you, and when, and when you get, and when you get there, you're never going to come back. So that's what you have to continue to develop in the AHL, you know? So, so when you get there, you, you know, you, you don't come back. JB, what we just talked, you just touched
3: on how like some teams go without a captain in Florida, that situation, our captain was injured. What qualities for especially some of the teams are naming young kids as captains, what qualities
4: do you think these kids need to be a successful captain at a yep. professional level? Well, it, Jimmy, you know how it is, right? Many times on teams, what do we do? We just take the best player and we put a captaincy on them, right? And and sometimes that's 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 very, very difficult for that single person. So what happens is is you know, it almost has to be a leadership group, right? So the captain and the assistant captains, and even those players that aren't wearing a letter. Right, they can kind of surround themselves with the group to say, "Okay, this is the chemistry that we want to have." And um, so, of course, it's you know being selfless, uh, having integrity, uh, and 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 you know being just a, a great human being. Like you, you know, I go to both Ob and and to and and to Scotty. You know, they both take me out for dinner, lunch, breakfast, whatever it is you know, always paid, we're always professional and we're always trying to, to help people get ahead. And those are the kind of the, you know, those are kind of the, the keystones that, that, that you want. The other thing is, is that, you know, everybody's not a vocal leader, right? Like, you know, Crosby, Barkoff, they're not always, you know, oh, come on boys, let's go. But you know, it's, it's that, it's that lead by example, but it's also knowing, having a timely word, knowing what to say. No, saying, hey, Jimmy, what's going on with you today? Are you okay? It's it's all part of that. So it's all part of that 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 leadership and learning. So I always tell like a young captain that gets, you know, put the C on, you know, Connor McDavid, let's just say, right? Young guy, best player. Connor, you know, surround yourself with a great leadership team that can help positively infect the right chemistry. Yeah, that's a great point. Because so Daniel Chara mm-hmm. for me was a guy – who did
3: that. He, he wasn't the most right. vocal guy. He spoke when he had to, but he was a leader by example, just by That's doing right. little things. Like you said, being in the gym every day, showing the young guys that there's more to just playing hockey. You got to take care mm-hmm. of your body. And he was a guy that I think put Boston, in the category of an organization where they are today, and
4: and, and the other thing is is is, Jimmy, is you got to do it off the ice too, right? You have to be you have to be willing that you know after a loss, and you have thirty people waiting for you or a kid's birthday party. You know sometimes players are like, oh, I don't want to do that because I just had a let, You know you got to shake that off, and you got to go you got to go grip and grin, and and uh, you know Scotty and Obes that tell you in 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 Florida that was a part of it, right? You you had to you had to grip and grin as much as you as you did on the ice because you know it was a market that needed that
1: exactly jb uh one you know a reason i love sports so much and as a kid growing up um you were always part of a team and in the military you were always part of a team in the military and that was a big reason why uh you know your transition of teaching leadership qualities and and qualities of work ethic and And how to treat people and how to get the best out of people relates a lot to what what a hockey room was um you know to many of the listeners out there not every player in the room is a leader Uh, a lot of the younger guys you know might be good listeners um but you were around our team daily for for my tenure there maybe two three years you started to get to realize all the different personalities um what i guess you know how do you take on a kid that you know maybe isn't going to be the leader but you know he's worked extremely hard like how do you mix all those those things into one bucket to help like the team get to like the next level is it something that you know the coach sits down with you and says hey you need to work with this guy or this guy or do you just kind of look and and feel like okay these are the guys i can pick up you know i'll take these kids out for lunch i'll tell you know, Obi to take out this younger player because he needs a little, like, uplift. Um, but, like, the, the you know, the comparison from the military to hockey, how does that all kind of,
4: you know, take life? No, that's great. And, you know, there's, there's so many similarities. There's so many similarities between a military team room and a hockey locker room, right? You have people from all walks of life, who have gotten there through, um, you know, different aspects. And, and what happens is you have to find that group um, that enables that talent positively. Like, for example, you know, when, when you have a player come to your team, why was he chosen? Well, he was chosen because he was talented and it can help you win. Great, right? So what you have to do is you have to find what uplifts that person's talent. Now, not everybody reacts the same way. You know, uh, uh, Up Dog, you might need a pat on the back. OB might need, you know, a, a, a little kick in the up. ass, whatever.
0: <laughs> a wake-up call.
4: <laughs> so so what happens is, you know, though you have the same standard, you have to find – what what positively raises that person's talent you can't take a person's talent and beat it down now of course even at the professional level you have to call people out say hey you know what you're not in the lineup today and this is why but once you do a b and c you're back in the lineup right and that's the thing that that coaches make the mistake of is they're not clear in their communication it's a little bit wishy-washy right um uh you, you know people don't always want to hear the truth, but they tend to trust those that deal in it. So when a coach is very clear and saying, this is, this is where you need to be. And once you're there, then you're back in and then things, things, things go very well. And so, you know, I used to just sit and and read the tea leaves and look at the players and, you know, body language, as you know, body language can say a lot. Um, Uh, You guys know from, you know, playing in Florida, if a a guy comes in, he's got shorts and a t-shirt on, his baseball cap on backwards, flip-flops, and, you know, that was the same clothes he wore the night before, (laughs) something's up. (laughs) Something's up. (laughs) You know, so I I would always send you something so i i might have yeah right well i mean i would always sit in the equipment room with a cup of coffee and then watch these guys and be like hey what's going on with you like (laughs) go shave your face you know go shave go get some food before coaches coach sees you yeah jump in the shower yeah (laughs) exactly so and so but that's all part of that leadership and learning experience in the military you got to remember in the military every time you get promoted you go to a leadership school right? They send you away for a professional leadership program. Like we don't do that in professional sports. We just say, Oh, Jimmy, you're the captain. Good luck. Yeah. Or, and then sometimes, and then sometimes we're like, man, we, we, we give a person a lot to handle without giving them the resources to handle it. And so that's where I come in is just helping them with that institutional knowledge of giving them the ability to find what leadership trait works for them. Look, I'm a cheerleader. You see me in a locker room, yeah, that yeah. works for me. Yeah. But, yeah, but it might not work for everybody. <laughs> so you have to find what's authentic to you. Yeah, no, JB,
0: 100%, you were, man, your energy. And first of all, let me thank you because that year when you come down, listen, I, I didn't wanna be there, you knew that, but you energized me. So I, I've, I've always had a special place in, your heart, in my heart for you for that. And the thing I wanna ask you, I'll be touched on it a bit about leadership and you did a great job with our guys in San Antonio. Um, you know, but if a kid is listening to this podcast and he wants to be a leader, but he's not vocal, he doesn't know how, what's the first step to leadership? Is it, is it doing extra after practice? Is it helping a teammate out? What was, is there one thing you can start to try to work on your leadership ability?
4: yeah it's exactly it's being a good great teammate right to being a great teammate like you know a lot of times like at the college level like say a senior and and is in line and a freshman comes in and he messes up a drill like I always asked the senior I said okay the freshman messed up the drill are you going to correct him or are you waiting for coach to correct them? Now a real leader says, "Hey, kid, come here. Listen, coach wants you need to look a little faster. Hit that mark. Coach is going to get you." So that it, it, it's it's being a great teammate number one. So that's what you have to do. You know the military uses this battle buddy concept all the time. Like we never let anybody go anywhere alone. We're always eating meals together. It's this teamwork, teamwork, teamwork concept. Why? Because that person might save your life. So that's what you have to do. To so if you, if you're new to the game. And and, and, and again, and, and listen, you know, I know we have the rookie parties and all that, and that's fine. But, you know, I'm not a big rite of passage guy. Like if this if this, you know, young guy makes a team uh, and he can help you win, the sooner you bring him into the fold, the better off you're going to be. Um, you know, I had young men that would pass Ranger selection. They come to the Rangers and some of the sergeants would want to reselect them and I was like hey I need his gun in the fight right now you know yeah. because he might he, he might save me and I might be able to go home and see my family and um, OB I want to tell you that uh, that time in San Antonio you were An amazing leader not a good leader an amazing leader and i know that's not quite where you wanted to be right then but you kept a positive outlook and and i got to tell you you were you, you know you were as much a coach on that team as the coaching staff and uh you know those are those are invaluable leadership traits that 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 you've learned throughout your life and then you put them into place where you could have been completely different you weren't you said you know what i I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna build a foundation for success and if i can impart some of this on somebody then then that's how i'll be remembered
0: yeah thank you that's that's one of the best comments i had i appreciate it and the buddy system me and Updog and broadway we used to use the buddy system at the bar a lot jb you know? be like, sure. I mean, don't go too far i'm gonna need you here buddy we got a couple <laughs> couple girls coming to the table don't you go too far but <laughs> jb just on a personal level Man, I loved your energy so much, and, and, and you always came in, and, and you just lift up a room, and I'm never going to compare sports to what you did. I'm never going to do it. West Point opened my eye beyond belief. But was there a point, maybe for some of our young athletes, our players that are not playing right now, was there a point throughout your basic training, whatever, where you were maybe like, you know what, fuck this, or, or, or made you stronger? Was there a point where you said, I can do this? I got to make the decision right now?
4: No I, I talk about when I was in Ranger indoctrination program and uh, you know there was about 300 guys that were big strong fast I was this 18 year old scrawny kid uh, from Pittsburgh Pennsylvania and you know guys were quitting left and right they were trying to make people quit people were quitting on their own and finally I had to say all right you know what if they're gonna cut me they're gonna cut me but I'm not gonna quit today. And uh, you know I have to I have to dig in, and I also want to talk about like you know be so mental toughness is learned. So you know if you're a young athlete, you feel like you're not mentally tough. That's okay. You haven't learned it yet, and you can also lose it. So you have to continue to grow your mental toughness throughout your life. Um, I'll tell you, 2008, I was in Afghanistan. I was a sergeant major. I was super fit. I was the leader of my team. And about halfway through the deployment, I was there an entire year. About halfway through the deployment. Uh, I I was like, I'm not going to make it another six months. I remember, you know, leaving my hut, getting ready to go on a combat patrol. And I took a knee outside was, it was, it was like the 1st of July, 2008. The sun was beating on me. I had, you know, 80 pounds of gear on. And, uh, I, uh, I reached out to a mentor and a lot of you guys know Tom Rennie, right? Tom Rennie was the coach of the New York Rangers. Then he's now the, you know, president and CEO of hockey Canada. And I reached out to him and I sent him an email and I I remember he sent me an email back and it said, impossible is not a fact. It's an opinion given by those that have not made themselves in adversity. So basically he was saying that, you know, you have made yourself a winner. You have made yourself a leader because you've put adversity around you. So all these young players coming up, you're going to have adversity. Look at last season. Are you going to be back playing? Some teams are playing. Some teams aren't playing. You know, you just got to continue to grind through this. So that's what you have to do. So find somebody else you can lean on when you're having adversity.
1: It's mental toughness is like a muscle, right? You have yeah. things to work on in the summer, building strength, getting faster, working on your shot. Yeah. You yeah. can train your – yeah, that's no, a great JB, point.
0: It's, JB, it's a great point by you too, buddy, because <laughs> when, when you came into my life and I'd i been in the NHL for nine nine years, nine and a half years, and one of the things that got me there was my confidence. I never lacked it up, but you know that. Yeah. I, I thought I was eighth rounder, but I was going to play. All of a sudden, I go back down, and I remember I get called back up to Buffalo halfway through the season, and I was like, holy fuck. I was nervous for the first time in – maybe my since my first game, so to your point it, it can come and go right it you could be you might have to find it to get it back to where it was mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And you have
4: to, you know, and, and as you know, as veteran players, like sometimes, you know, sometimes your role diminishes a bit too, right? Like, so, you know, you're, you know, you're playing 18, 19, 20 minutes a night. Now, maybe you're playing 12 minutes. Then maybe you're playing six minutes. Like, you know, all of you have gone through that and you have to find Here's the other thing I'll tell young players and, and you've both heard me say this, be a superstar in the role asked of you. Yes. Now that doesn't, that doesn't mean you have to like that role and that doesn't mean you're not going to continue to 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 be a top pair defenseman or a starting goalie or, or 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 top top six four it doesn't mean that you can't strive to get there but whatever role they ask they put in be a superstar in that role and uh that's how you have to take it especially when like like look look at you three i mean like only seven hundred and fifty players play this game at one time professionally. Are you kidding me? No. This is <laughs> this is the best of the best of the best right here. So, not uh, JB. You know, that, that JB.
0: That is such a good point, dude. And and you came into my life about four years too late because when I was in Vancouver, <laughs> I was fucking worried. I'm like, all right, I'm on. A, I'm at the end of my one year deal. I need to play minutes. I need points. I, I'm getting fucked. But if I would have just looked at, okay, play your fifteen minutes and be the best that you can be at that 15 minutes A post. So I was like, if right. I don't play 20 minutes and get this many points, I'm gonna to have to take a pay cut. I'm not gonna be able to go to Bonnaroo with UpDog because I'm not gonna be able to afford it. But your, your thing yeah. is embrace the role <laughs> you have and be the best mm-hmm. 15 minute defenseman yeah. out there, right? I, I had
1: to do the same thing. And as humbling as it was, maybe yeah. it was because I spent so much time with JB in Florida yeah. where, JB, I was paid to be more than I was ever actually more than I actually ever was in Florida just because of, you know, the injuries and then, you know, paid to score and fell back into a checking role. And then, you know, I went into the summer that year after, after an off year and I was making fucking three and a half million dollars. How are you? You know, and I go in and it's July and then it's August and now i'm starting to call around and i'm like fuck i'm calling you know old trainers frosty frosty is there anywhere <laughs> you can call like just to give me a, yeah yeah can i speak to a coach and just tell him like i'm in good shape and i want to come in and i'll, I'll do whatever I'll, I'll show up i'll try out i was just looking for a tryout. Yeah. but as humbling as that was it was you know a light bulb went off and said i want to still play in this league i'll do whatever i can and i'll be a superstar in whatever role there is for me and the role at the time hitchcock called me ken hitchcock who you know his reputation speaks for itself for his leadership and Mm -hmm. and what he's been able to do with his teams and he said listen I, i need you to come in i need you to compete for this fourth line spot if you're healthy and you're dedicated it's yours but i can't give you a contract until probably the day before the fucking season starts yeah and I was like, fuck, I packed my bag, Oves. I right. grabbed a couple of sticks, a, a yeah. shirt and
0: tie. I said, I'm going to go make that. No, team. and, and <laughs> honestly, Uppy, and, and they and they still, mm. I remember you called me, and you said, Oves, oh, they signed me, but they gave me a two-way. You yeah. signed the deal and you still played there. And JB, I say this to Uppy all yeah. the time, like the way he changed his career near the end, it, it got him another three years mm. in the league, four years in the league. And, and it's not easy to do, man. Like you were a six overall yeah. pick, like you were a fucking goal scorer. You mm. goal scorer in your career. So for him to do that, it's always one of the things I look back at Uppy's career and it's a feather in his cap because it's not the easiest thing to do. Is it Jamie?
4: No. And he went, he went through that injury and, and battled back from that injury and he found that superstar in your role. And then Uppy, you were humble enough. And, and you know, I, I love hitch. And what I love about hitch is he tells you the way it is. Yeah. Right. And so, sometimes you don't want to hear it, but that's that. But, but again, you know, people tend to trust those that deal in the truth. And, uh, and um you know he was he was he was very very good at that and what you did is you you said to yourself you know what i'll take this role and this is what i have to do and even my my last role in afghanistan like it wasn't this uh superstar gunfighter role you know we were training this advanced combat training team and i knew there was more in me uh but you know uh it was you know six americans five romanians and five polish and guess what you know at the end of uh, at the end of it i wanted to traded it for the world because you know we we made the country better like we made people better and so that's what you have to look at and again it's not um you know it's not will i be in the army ranger hall of fame it's how many people that I have trained will be in the heart army ranger hall of fame. So that's, that's the legacy that, that, that I'm going to live by. And so that's what you kind of have to do. Uh, and on that last note, I'll just tell you that, um, you know what? Frosty should be the next NHL commissioner. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> totally. Frosty should be- he's got our <laughs> vote for We yeah, sure. <laughs>
1: pump Frosty up a lot in here. Him it- he's got. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. um, JB, I want to share a story with our listeners, uh, of our, of our time with you at West Point when we were all Florida Panthers and um, and a training exercise that you and can you help me with his name Sergeant who was our sergeant that we had dinner at his house Jimmy and I were talking about it before this older guy uh, at West Point he's the man he was your sergeant when you trained there older guy
3: badass. Uh, um-
4: he made us carry the rock he made us he made you do what oh god uh, no you're oh you're carry talking about hank kersey hank kersey colonel, hank kersey. Yeah. colonel yeah, is he yes. okay, yes, okay so he's a colonel okay and he is he is the, the absolute he is like patent reborn
1: absolutely okay so this guy so i, I want to share this so we break off into two different teams um after practice one day and we don't know what the fuck we're getting into <laughs> And we all meet and we do, you know, there was a competition done the, the day before, like a survival of the fittest competition. But but this competition we all showed up for after lunch. Uh, you know, we're sore from training camp. We've been working out. And you would want to talk about mental toughness training. We show up to the bottom of this hill with our Colonel, the badass. And he pretty much goes, all right, team, team B here, team A here. You see that fucking boulder right there, that like 120 pound <laughs> rock? Climb this fucking mountain right now <laughs> with it, with it, with it. Now either one guy carries it for five steps and then passes it on, or or four guys all share the 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 trail. But there wasn't even a trail; it was go right through the trees. <laughs> and this
3: thing, and you needed a Jim, huge stick Jimmy, too.
1: I don't know about you, but that was one of the t- the hardest things and the most fulfilling feeling uh, of accomplishment when we got to the top of the hill, probably an hour and a half later with blisters and cuts and guys yeah. falling over and yeah it was wild but jb yeah. that that sort of exercise yeah. has that been around forever yeah. and and just like just share what the hell that does for people because <laughs> it was crazy oh my <laughs> god
4: it was crazy and i remember one of the players said um how do we know when we got there and, and the colonel said you can't go any fucking higher or something <laughs> like that <laughs> so because somebody said like uh, well where do we stop like you so you basically went to the top and that was yeah that you you climbed a torn, mount, torn mountain with um you know uh colonel retired hank kersey who's um just a you know army legend west point legend uh desert storm legend and um you know, what that does is here's what you're doing is you're getting, you're getting professional people, whether you're a business professional or you're an athlete, you're getting yourself out of your comfort zone and you ha- you're you doing something together that requires all of you to accomplish it. Right. And, and then, and then when you do that, what do you do? You build chemistry with, with one another. And both of you have been in great locker rooms and both of you have probably been in some shitty locker rooms right and you know that locker rooms are all about the players in the room right the the, the the coach has to kind of manage the culture to make sure it's healthy but it's all part of you and um you know the pride the integrity the honor like and and again you know years later up dog you know you're, you still remember that like it was yesterday i do too it was an amazing experience <laughs> Yeah, before
0: Broadway, I'm going, to get, I'm going to turn you over and ask JB a question. The thing I noticed about that was I was like, I'd been on a lot of teams at that point, JB. And first of all, it was another reason why I wanted to make that fucking team so bad. I mean, the real reason was to run around fucking South Florida with you. But when that <laughs> NHL team bought in, JB, first of all, I thought, wow, good for JB. Everyone respects him because you got millionaires. With egos, and everyone bought in. And sore hips. Sore yeah. hips. I mean, there was teams I played on, JB, that would have said, fuck this. I ain't carrying that rock up the fucking hill. But what, I guess what mm-hmm. I'm saying, JB, it started with your leadership, and kudos to Dale Talon, Uppy, Veteran, Sean Thornton, Willie Mitchell, because everyone did it.
1: Mm-hmm. It was actually, to JB, before you go, it was it was really cool, too, and I, I, I remember this vividly because of the experience when I got to the top. But when we got to the top uh, that year, we gave out letters for our team for leadership we
0: put Mm -hmm. the flag up first right we put the flag up yeah
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. so was it it was a yeah you put the flag flag up next Mm -hmm. to the rock and yeah flag all the rocks that have ever been lifted up there are are, they stay there right and they're signed by whoever brought them up and uh and then i think you and the and the colonel both you know said guys what you just did not only um you know, is it a special treat, but not many people have ever done that. And these are the people who have mm-hmm. done it. So you're part of this group here. And then, you know, he gave out the captaincy to Willie Mitchell at the time. Um, mm-hmm. And then he gave, I think me, Versteeg.
0: No, uh, it was you, uh, anyway, Bolli, and, uh, and uh, yeah. you Bowley and Bowley. fuck you see or side, but you and Bolli and Mitchell's yeah. captain. So, so yeah. it was the first UC time I, would ever,
1: I was ever acknowledged as a le- as, as uh, having a letter in the NHL, which, yeah. which was a huge, huge honor. Um, and just that experience of it, you know, made it, made it
4: really, really fucking cool. Yeah. So it,
0: it was the whole thing. JB was, was amazing.
4: Well, and that, and that whole rock pile, you know, a lot of times military people carry a rock for, for a fallen comrade. So, so many of those rocks were for somebody that had, you know, a man or a woman that have lost their life in combat. So it was a very, very special place for you guys to get up there, you know, well-deserved. And I want to tell you, uh, Willie Mitchell is yeah. an outsta- outstanding, outstanding captain. Like he, he, you know, him and I had a great rapport with one another, and we would sit and. He, and he was so good at reading the tea leaves, very, very good at reading the tea leaves. Like you know, move Bark off here, uh, yeah. move Yager here, like yeah. whatever it was. Oh yeah, like, like, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he really he he really really knew that. And brought a lot of leadership and ex- and experience
0: for sure yeah Mitchie baby's the man and he's, he's nice to sit on the plane with too because he would talk for the four Good four hour flight yeah. JB just one other thing about that retreat yeah. remember when we had to find the the, the, full, the fallen pilot remember the pilot was like the or the guy that was down, down? Pilot, yeah. Yeah. the <laughs> fucking guy we had to go down wait about what I weigh <laughs> right now I'm like boys how are we going to get this guy back to
4: base camp <laughs> carry him back <laughs> yeah, no you, you guys were busting my balls you're like JB can you get a fatter pilot Please. Yeah. I'm like how yeah. this guy fit in
0: the plane JB there's no way this guy got in the plane yeah <laughs> that was great Broadway, what do you My got for
4: good. JB? I just wanted
3: to uh, – we've touched on some uh, some great leaders here, but you've been around a lot of different teams. Who's one of the most impressive guys that we haven't touched on that you think is one of the best leaders uh, in sports?
4: Well, I mean, I always go back to Sid because, I, you know, I've, I've seen him a lot, and I've seen him uh, – you know, I, you know, what, what's great when I worked for the penguins, they like, I had all access. So he, like, I saw him in like a playoff game, like lean over to a veteran player and be like, Hey, listen, you can't be off sides there, but say it in the right, right tone. And, uh, yeah. you, you, know, last one on the bus, the whole thing. And even though he's just, uh, you know, he's got, he's got so many asks and do outs. It's like, Hey, said, Hey, can you, can you come talk to this kid? And I, and I, you know, I watched him, uh, <laughs> I watched him, um, you know, talk to this little you know seven-year-old player. Uh, his his uh, the player's mom is there, and I think the I think the aunt and and the kid was crying. And and you know, Sid's in this you know three thousand dollars suit. He takes a knee. He's talking to this kid, and the kid's like, oh, I didn't I didn't think I'd get to see you. And Sid like signs is. You know jersey and he asked the kid if he played hockey and the kid's like yeah but i'm not very good and sid was like <laughs> and sid was like sid was like i wasn't very good when i started you know and i was just like i'm sitting there thinking uh, you know this is it you know and when people want to know the nhl that's it that's the other side and that's why the nhl has to continue to do that because there's a side of the nhl when people see it all of a sudden they're like they, they love it. They're like, wow, this is amazing. And it's, and it's all because of all of you. Um, And, 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 you know, uh, one of the, the the new up and coming leaders that I love is Alexander Barkoff. Um, You know, I, I I was, yeah, yeah, I was for him as i I was for him at at captain, uh, you know, even, even before they gave it to McKenzie, I said, you should give it to uh, Barkoff and um, you know, he's, uh, you know, I just, I've, I've watched him and he listens and he learns and he wants to be great. And he's a wonderful human being. And I think that's, I think that's all a part of it, right? That's, that's what you want to, that's what you want to have. And, um, you know, and there's so many little touch points about like, even all three of you, like there's that, that's it. It's not just again, wearing the letter. It's, 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 it's how do you affect other people's lives? Absolutely. JB,
0: there, there's something we've been talking about. I want to get your, your opinion on it. It's it's the Keith Yandel
4: Ironman streak that's going on
0: in Florida right now. There's been stuff yep. he's going to be in and out of the lineup through a guy who's been in a yep. lot of situations like yourself. Uh, do you have any yep. feel, feelings on it? What's your thought on the Yandel thing? How would you handle it? Just give us your opinion.
4: Yeah. Uh, well, I have the strong opinion on this. I thought that uh, I thought that Florida wanting to bench him was a mistake. Uh, I was open about that. Um you know, uh, I met Yandel. Um, so it was the year that he signed with the Panthers. You have to help me out there. Maybe 2015. Yeah, that Um, sounds right. And it sounds right. And I remember we signed, we signed him, um, uh, Eric Joyce, by the way, who's the director of hockey strategy for the Toronto Maple Leafs. This guy doesn't get enough credit. This guy's a genius, Eric Joyce. I know Joyce, he, uh, Boston guy, guy, West Point graduate, Harvard graduate, and let me tell you, when he was in the army, he like he, he was in he, he was in the fight. He wasn't he wasn't back at you know uh, reading some book. Like he 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 was in the fight, like gun running out of ammo kind of fight. So, um, brilliant and and it should be a GM. So if you're an owner out there listening, you need to find Eric Joyce. Uh, but I remember we signed. Um, you know we signed Yandel and then we're like hey can you come to the draft night and he takes a red eye um I think he was still in Phoenix there so he takes a red eye from Phoenix comes to the draft and we don't even have like a jersey for him we just have like the draft jersey and he's like no problem he puts it on and he does like 15 interviews you know like and uh I, I thought he was I thought he was a wonderful guy wonderful young man um wonderful leader and um you know what if, if uh if you if you if you don't want to if you don't want to play him you're making a mistake because that iron man streak is um is, is wonderful i know the plus minus is we can get hung up on plus minus but w- what's the handle do he logs minutes and puts up points right yeah, well,
0: yeah plus minus is the worst stat in hockey jb you're right about that let's not get caught up on that one but yeah it's, it's something yeah. we talked about a lot and you know to get your opinion on it you're absolutely right to play that many games and what you just said about him when he first got the organization was huge and um, JB, we love you. We want to keep doing this longer. You have a new sure. book out. Tell sure. our listeners, for our listeners out there, yeah, just talk about it. Yeah, it's fucking amazing.
4: Yeah, I got my book. I uh, actually sent you to a copy there. Uh Jimmy, if you text me your address, I'll send you a copy too. Um, my book's called Warrior Leadership, Steps to Success for Leaders on the Ground. Um, I only made it 135 pages, so OB, you'll be able to get yeah. through it. I know <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Like, I appreciate I that. Know, I,
0: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I love it. Um,
4: <laughs> But, but what it does is it, it's just short stories about leadership and, um, and, and gives you takeaways at the end. And so if you, if you want to learn to be a better leader, pick up the book. There's great places to tab. Um, you can get it right on uh, Amazon, Warrior Leadership, Steps to Success for Leaders on the Ground. You can get it on my website at jbsleaders.com. And uh, gentlemen, uh, I am honored to be on your show. I appreciate it. And anything I can ever do for you, I got your six.
0: Yeah, JB, we'll, we'll do this again for sure. And another guy I want Love to that. say you helped out with a lot before we let you go here, he's playing the show now, is Mackenzie Weeger. The year I was there with no. him, the Weeks had a tough time, and, and you would help him out, and I would tell mm-hmm. Weeks to listen to you. So I know I still mm-hmm. stay in touch with Weeks, and your name comes up. So he's another kid you can put on your list of. You helped him get to the National 100%. League. And like I said, we could do this for everybody. Um, let's get you back yeah, 100%. on. Stay safe, and uh, thank you for everything you've done for us, buddy.
4: Thank you. Thank you guys so much. So, uh, talk to you guys soon. I appreciate it. Hoo-ah, Hoo-ah. J-B.
3: Thank you. Hoo-ah. <laughs> Hoo-ah. Thanks
4: brother.
0: <laughs> Fellas, um, another great show snapping around with you boys and, and thanks to JB. I mean, what an unbelievable story up dog.
1: Yeah. JB Spiezel, everyone. Uh, I hope you, I hope you got a chance to listen to that. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of great qualities that guy brings to the table, leadership wise, and and he's left his mark on a lot of good young players,
3: Obi, like us. Yeah.
0: And Broadway, what do you think of JB? He, mean, he meant a lot to you as well when your time in Florida,
3: correct? Yeah, JB was great to, to have around. He was uh, he's a very impressive guy, like you said, tons of energy. And I'll always remember sitting on the plane with him, having him sit down next to me. He'd take ten minutes and he'd tell me some crazy stories about being an Army Ranger, and that he was an awesome guy.
0: Yeah. So thanks to him, we'll get him back on again. He's an absolute beauty. Fellas, I'm off to Vail tomorrow to get hit the slope. So hopefully, nice. hopefully I make it back in one nice. piece. Like you guys, I got the, I got the gear shipped there. It's waiting for me. I'm looking forward. Never skied Vail up, dog. You have? what Gear as in, do you have your own I skis? skis? I got, no, I got my own boots. So ah, nice, skis. Yeah, MacL. Nice. My MacL told me, you need your own boots. Are so you like, skiing a, with yeah. MacL on loophole? I'm skiing with my girlfriend, Christina. And then MacL may slide down from Aspen. I'm not sure, but... Uh, I'm going to see the goalball. Andy, a goalball out there. That's savage. He's a fucking unbelievable nice. skier. So yeah. hopefully I Bale's make it the up. best. Yeah. I got
1: a spot for you to go for the best steak sandwich you've ever
0: had. Okay. I'm, I'm yeah. off carbs, but I'll have this just a steak. How does yeah. that sound like? I think I could drink drinks <laughs> there. <Nice. laughs> All right, boys. As always, enjoy the hockey. Our listeners bet the fucking over. Um, you guys are beauties. Love you, boys.